I'm Craig Constantine. Welcome to the Movers Mindset Podcast, where I talk with movement enthusiasts to learn who they are, what they do, and as I always say, why they do it. My guest today is Renee Scavington. Welcome, Renee. How are you this afternoon? A little sluggish. <laughs> I hope that's a good thing. End of the work day. And I, I gotta go back to work later, actually. So. Mm-hmm. We, as everybody knows by now, had a chance to talk before this. And the first thing we did was that I don't know if we ever actually talked before. We may have done a, a like a, hey there, or, you know, nice to see you kind of thing at Art of Retreat or something. But I don't think we've ever talked before. Um, so first of all, thanks so much for taking the leap and joining me on Craig's craziness. Uh, there are, there are like three really major different directions we could go here. And I'm like, we only, it's like, it's only so much time. Um, but tell me about, cause I want to get to talking about resilient, <clears throat> your new project that's coming out. I want to talk about that. I know you want to talk about that, but tell me about like your, the way that you think about training and then maybe how you used to think, oh, I'm going to train like this. And that's going to let me do X. But in reality, what you wound up doing was something different kind of feels like what is going into resilient. Mm. Okay. I'm going to try to run through this uh, pretty quick. And if there's any part that you want me to stop and elaborate, just uh, you can, I'll wave frantically. Me, but, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's been, it's been uh, uh, just, a, I'm just passing the two decade mark. So when I got into parkour, uh, it was in my late teens. And originally it was like, I am going to be Batman. I am. Mm. I was actually doing karate at the time too. I was uh, big into fitness and uh, parkour came along and I'm like, these all make sense together. Here we go. Vigilante by night, um, film student by day. Uh, and <laughs> I, uh, with the scene, with the friends that I got into through parkour, we all kind of wanted to eventually have a space. I had a, a team, my initial team was called Zanshin Studios and we made video projects. The first, the first time I showed up to a parkour jam was with a camera to film it. Uh, and it just became this thing where that was the direction parkour was going to go was stunts, performances, yeah, video visual. projects, that whole thing. Uh, and then about three years in is when I got into coaching. So by around actually less than three years, two years, two years into parkour, I got into coaching. I uh, got my first official coaching gig in 2006 the city of West Vancouver, which was a long commute for me. And then uh, just as time went on, that became sort of the main main direction. As far as my own training went, uh, it became much more performance-based. Uh, I had a lot of bigger goals. Anytime uh, I hit a plateau, it was um, always pretty difficult to stay motivated in the early days. I think in the early days of parkour, a lot of people quit because they didn't have direction. And so when I finally had more direction and this kind of came more after like 2010 and opening the gym and actually social media, seeing like more athletes more frequently and seeing like their different styles, I started to kind of narrow in on the type of parkour that I wanted to do. Um, and it became more and more performance-based and more and more driven towards that. So uh, it became a lot of uh, off-season heavy lifting, which I got a little bit more known for. Um, became, you know, centered around yeah, you have a lot of tutorials how, on how, parkour prep and, and things and yeah, how to train. Yeah. How, how big can I get my jump? Um, mm-hmm. and around that time too, it was like all about health and being like the fittest man on the planet, uh, aside from Batman. So <laughs> then I tore my Achilles tendon, uh, tore my Achilles tendon and, uh, sh- uh actually shed a tear. Um, not because of the pain, but, uh, I think because it was uh, this kind of moment where all of a sudden 
I was no longer invincible. I think up until that point, I felt very much invincible. I was 29 and uh, trained all the time. How many years? Uh, probably in? overtrained. That was, um, sorry, 2015, 2004. Uh, it's 11 years in. Yeah, so I'm like you're you're as far from it. that now as you were from mm-hmm. beginning. I was just trying to get a feel for yeah. like, yeah, all right. So mm-hmm. gonna, I'm drawing a line. It's like down to the Achilles tendon, and then, mm-hmm. yeah, and and uh, I, I knew I was going to be able to come back from it and everything. I didn't know exactly what that was going to look like, but part of what I was determined to do was to um, come back better. And about two years after the tear is when I actually feel like I, I started to realize that. That uh, and part of it just again, it's amazing what happens when you actually narrow your focus a little bit on exactly what you want to do. Mm. Uh, so if I'm going out and doing parkour and trying to get, not really having a focus, not really having like what I like or what I'm drawn to, um, you tend to progress a little bit slower. So I feel like because I narrowed my focus and I said I want to get better at these specific things, and that's when I really started to see gains. And I came to that conclusion right before I tore my Achilles. So as I was recovering from that, you know, the, the focus stayed and coming on the other side of it is when I actually started to have an idea of like, Oh, I want to make a video. Uh, this is when Instagram had started to creep up as like the main space where parkour lived and Mm -hmm. we weren't seeing like yearly videos as much anymore at the time. Again, this is around like 2016, 2017. And, uh, Tom who, uh, uh, has been a friend of mine and someone I've worked with for um, over a decade now. Uh, I helped him uh, put together his first Ascension project. And that was just really mm. cool. And I was like, yeah, I want to do something like that. And he was starting to talk about Ascension 2 at the time, which he, he also finished. And so this idea for a project that was going to be about, uh, I was like 32 years old at the time. I tore my Achilles, felt like I was better at parkour. Felt like at that time, I was like, 32 is pretty, um, you know, for be doing to be doing like advanced parkour and doing uh, bigger jumps and taking more impact felt at the time felt kind of old and I was like, you know, I'm going to put this out. Uh, I did not know at the time that it would take as long as it has to actually finish the project in its entirety. Um, I, I suffered another injury in the middle of it, um, which was uh, a lot harder to deal with than my, I'm, st- I'm still dealing with it than uh, the Achilles tear. So that was uh, uh, ripping some cartilage and meniscus in my left knee, uh, which uh, if you know anything about cartilage, it doesn't, and it can't be really operated on the same way as a lot of other tissues and so there's an interesting procedure they did for that called a microfracture which i did a few youtube videos on uh i'm actually coming up on this year i'll be three years post-surgery and so i will be doing kind of a final chapter um hopefully doing recording a final chapter Mm -hmm. on that and uh, a video that kind of goes into some of my takes on just recovering from injury because i feel like i've had a pretty Pretty good recovery from uh, from both of the, uh, I guess what would be labeled sometimes as a career-ending injuries that uh, yes. that I sustained. Um, I, I think it would be a different. I'm not trying to, you know, uh, uh, pump myself up here because I because I do think if I was like an elite professional athlete, I probably would no longer be an elite professional athlete. That's the, so I was going to, there's like, okay, 15, wait, let's talk about this. Come up when I hear all that. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things right there is 
if you if you were a track sprinter and you tear your Achilles tendon, you don't have two years to wait. Like, sorry, it's like no. we still love you, you know. But the team, you're, you're a sophomore. You got to run this year and next year, and, and that's it. Yeah. Um, and as much as I like to, and I think a lot of people like to rag on parkour for like trashing your body, unless you're really the modern, you're really paying attention, you're thinking about it, and you're reading, mm-hmm. you know, Supple Leopard and all the kinesiology books. As much as we like to say parkour trashes you, <clears throat> it's also because it's so self-governed uh, or so self-oriented, it's also mm-hmm. got the space for you to go and to your side quest. <laughs> like you, you can actually yeah. do that. Um, I just thought that was like, I don't often hear people point out that, yeah, injury sucks. That's obvious. But parkour mm-hmm. seems to be a pretty rare thing where you can still come back and nobody's going to be like, yeah, sorry, you missed senior year. You're out. Like you're off the team. <laughs> well, well, right now, I guess, I think it's as, um, de- and depending on where you're coming from, because I think if someone is, uh, say, say Tim Champion, right? So say Tim Champion, he's won five in a row uh, SPL competitions now. Um, so he's kind of, he's just revered as like, you know, skill champion of the world. Like if, uh, Tim Champion can do everything. Uh, yeah, if he, if he suffered a big injury, I don't know if he would be able to come back and still be in first place, mm. you know? Um, and no one knows that, but him and, and, uh, hopefully it never happens to him. Uh, but, but that's kind of the comparison I'm making. Whereas like, mm. I think, I think, uh, I could probably advise someone who, you know, like performs at an elite level about like what worked for me and what can get them back to a similar level or, or even improve. But to be like dominant in a sport is an entirely different thing. To be like a, a to be an actual like champion or uh, to, to win at something is a totally other thing. To remove yourself and then come back into because that break allows the rest of the the world playing that sport to catch up to whatever you were at, right? And so mm. for for Tim right now to maintain his dominance, he has to get better. He has to keep getting better. If he takes two years off everybody catches up, I think. And then he's no longer dominant. He might say otherwise. I don't know. <laughs> Tim, if you're listening, my email address. Yeah. Um, he's a pretty, he's a pretty humble a guy. Though, I think like, for, the, for the most part, I don't think he, I don't think that's really what it's about for him. I don't think it's about, I think it's a, it's a cool probably flex for him to be able to say that he's won and that he's, uh, perform better than the people that he's up against. But I, I think it's also very easy for him to point out when people are better than him at something. Hmm. So. Well, let me ask you a question about, um, so motivation wise, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. <clears throat> first roughly, how many years has it been from, I have an idea, which turned out to be resilient to when the thing mm-hmm. actually went to like, when you were like, okay, I'm actually going to finish this, not the actual ship date, but like, is it a, it's not a three-year project. It's like a five or an eight year, or a yeah. 10 year project. It's the, a big the, thing. It's yeah, it's, it's six years now. So October, 2017 was the first clip. Okay. How did you manage to stay motivated to work on that? Like what? Mm-hmm. Like, does the movement, like going out and working on a line, does that empower the working on the video? Like how, what the heck? Like, how do you connect all these things together to get like a (laughs) self-sufficient, positive, virtuous cycle? Yeah, I I think first of all, I don't really have a hard time being optimistic. Um, Someone who knows maybe more about genes or... 
uh, nurturing or something could, could maybe, uh, dissect me and tell me why, but, uh, I, I, um, I can usually, (laughs) I can usually get on a positive path. Um, I will say pretty quickly, I'll say pretty quickly. Uh, so, so when I started this thing, I actually had a kid that was working at the gym who, uh, now, uh, works full-time in film. And so he was the one I was partnering with because he also did parkour. Uh, so I went from like coaching him to um, hiring him to now he's doing this video with me. And then when he eventually moved into film full time, which wasn't too long after we started, uh, we could he couldn't uh, give me time anymore to finish it. And mm. he wasn't reliable. Um, so that, that was basically like, if I say October, 2017, I started this project at kind of like end of parkour season. So we got like one, maybe two clips and then, uh, and then I had to wait until like spring of the next year to get on it again. And that's when he started to kind of get flaky. Uh, and so 2018, we didn't really do much. Uh, 2019, I found another person to, to, uh, shoot with. And he's, uh, it's, uh, Mateo Welsh. He is the, uh, one who's editing at the moment and um, uh, saw it to the finish with me. But even even him, because he doesn't do parkour, uh, when I when I met with him, I had I had gone through like my friend circle, my social circle to find like you know who's a good filmmaker. I, I really wanted this to be of um, of a standard. I didn't want it to be something where I just give my phone to Tom or to whoever I'm training with and say like, Hey, can you get a clip of this? Mm-hmm. Uh, I really wanted it to be uh, filmed, I guess, in it, I guess the high standard or, or cinematic or. Um, yeah. You have a vision. Sure for what a, word to put yeah. On I don't want to, I know yeah. what you mean. You don't want to say high standard because I also think that the little quickie cell phone, you know, stuff is, is high standard, but yeah, you have, a, you have an idea yeah. in your mind of like what you wanted it to look like. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I need someone I could rely on for that. And, and in fact, like my first shoot with Mateo was funny because he, he, uh, brought, uh, a standard lens. And I, I was like thinking about some of the stuff, like you got a gimbal, you're going to be following me. I'm like, this, this lens is too tight. I'm like you need a wider lens. And so that like this, this little things like that, there was a bit of a, a learning curve, uh, for him. Uh, but, but I trusted like the stuff that he had showed me. I trusted that, that he, uh, I became like a fan of his, a bit of, of his work. And so mm. uh, I trusted that he was going to be able to to be the right person to partner on with this because I, I wanted to actually keep myself out of the edit too. I wanted it to be like, just explain kind of the vision, but then Artistic also collaborate vision. and get someone yeah. else's vision involved in it. So yeah, when I, when I partnered with him, we were kind of uh, more or less off to the races. And the other big hurdle was that uh, a lot of the lines that I wanted to do were things that I, I could not break in a single session. And so it became like, I would sometimes spend like two months on a line or three months or in, or in some cases years, because I would just put it off as like, this is, this one's going to be the last one. This will be the last one. later, you know, I, cause I found I was, you know, I was on this trajectory of like improving as, as I was going from one to the next one. I felt like, okay, when I, it was I, in my head, it was like a video game where it's like, if I beat this mm. level, Mm. then I can make it to the Unlocks next level the next one. and I'll, and I'll be like, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with like uh, old mega man, but like you get powers yeah. like, for each level you beat or each person. And so I felt like I was just like gaining powers with each line that I um, completed for the project. 
Um, but that was part of what took it a very long time. And then, and then I had to time it with scheduling with Mateo. So he's off, you know, freelancing, shooting his own stuff, not a parkour guy, not a guy who I'm going to be like, Hey, let's go out. And I'm, I'm going to go take a look at it today. Let's see if I can do it. And there were a couple wasted shoots where I would schedule with him and then show up and not have broken whatever the challenge was and been like, yeah, I'm not doing it today. Uh, and so what would end up happening is I would usually have to put in work and actually complete something, then give him mm -hmm. a call and like, okay, we're going to go shoot it. So it wouldn't be the first, uh, uh, or like when, when I would break a jump or break a challenge, uh, that would not be when we would shoot it. It would be like the second or third time would be when we shoot it, except for the last two, the last two only happened, um, when I was shooting with him. I'm thinking uh, one takeaway is don't try to build things all entirely on your own. Uh, it's a recipe for insanity and overwork. Uh, but also yeah. I'm, I'm wondering. Um, so I'm, I'm imagining a really well-known filmmakers, directors, they, they wind up with a fingerprint. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't want to bother name job, right? So it's not that I know any big filmmakers, but not in parkour space, like big blockbuster films. You're like, oh, I know whose film this is. You can just like see it in the mm -hmm. DNA of the film. So it feels mm -hmm. to me like you're describing that the thing you've created, I don't know whether you call it a movie or a film or a documentary, mm -hmm. is is like it's Renee. Like Renee is in it because you're physically in it, but Renee is so in the thing. Can you imagine? could you ever make something that would be really different? Like, could you ever make something that somebody would look at and not guess? I mean, maybe Renee is physically in the <laughs> image, but like, you know, could, can you imagine, okay, now could you take the DNA out and make a different kind of film? I mean, I think that's actually my, uh, my mission for the next couple of years is to uh, do some things that are a bit different than don't because, because this took so much time. And so I felt like I was uh, yeah, like six years. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, and, and at the start of it, it was, uh, I wanted to make, uh, in my mind, like the perfect parkour film. I had, I had a vision for the perfect parkour film mm. that was never happening. Um, and then I just was like, okay, I guess I'll just, I'll just be the one that I'll, I'll make it. Um, and a lot of it had to do with, um, uh, okay. So I'll try to draw a, a comparison here. Um, and maybe some of your listeners, or maybe you have heard of it, but there was a video that dropped, uh, I'm going to say maybe 2010 ish era, uh, called, uh, parkour literally. And I believe there was, there's also a parkour literally two. I think I've only seen uh, two, but okay. And this is, uh, <clears throat> I think his name is pronounced Naeem, uh, filmed it and, um, uh, forgetting the name of the, uh, the guy that starred in it, but, but it starts, you know, with. The definition of parkour, the, the classic one, the A to B, and then, you know, it takes off and it's, it's these longer like A to B lines. But the thing I, I never really liked about it was that a lot of the structures are things like, oh, he could just run around that, or that's not actually the fastest way. Like he's still, uh, I see your point. Cause, cause even, yeah. even when we do parkour and in, in like traditional, uh, we, I like to, what we what say is traditional, the traditional parkour. Yeah. yeah um, it's a lot of moves that aren't really efficient that aren't going to get you anywhere really fast um and sometimes the actual efficient is quite boring because a lot of it's just running right it's just running from place to place mm -hmm. so um the mission for the project was to find the lines that hit that but that i also thought were cool 
Um, yeah, that's the and only option. And I think, is, you want to go that way, you got to do these things. Yeah, and I, and I think some of them nailed that, and some of them are like, yeah, you'll, you'll watch it and be like, yeah, he could have ran around that. <laughs> um, there's 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 a couple in there where it was like the challenge was cool, but like, yeah, it probably would have been faster to run around. Um, but that that was the vision was lines that um, had like actual actual barriers, actual gaps that needed to be jumped. Um, yeah, real drops to get from here uh, to there in a straight line or go way around. Yeah. A handle on, um, advanced parkour and, and, um, being able to, to execute that. And so, uh, I managed to do all of them also like in mostly like downtown Vancouver, which, uh, if you've, um, for people that have visited, uh, Vancouver is the city of glass is the nickname. So it doesn't lend itself to parkour as well as some older cities that tend to have like mega spots of like concrete wall after concrete wall. It's usually like aluminum glass railing after aluminum glass railing. (laughs) Um, Just like you just walk by and you're like, yeah, I'm going to break that if I land on it. So I'm not going to, going to do it, but um, it does have some gems and it does have a lot of um, little back alleys and stuff. And so um, part of what took so long was just finding the right spots, um, finding the right locations. I tried to actually, film uh a fair bit of lines at uh some of our hotspots so some of the uh areas in vancouver that get trained at a lot um and part of the reason for that was i wanted to kind of like set something where if i if i saw a jump or a path um or something difficult that i hadn't seen anyone do yet i wanted to do it film it so then and then put it out because i'm i'm hoping that you know some of the kids that i'm i'm coaching and stuff go and and like one up everything that i do you know let me pull you back if i can so you you said looking forward you were thinking and it sounded like you were going to describe a a different vision so if resilient is that first idea that you had Mm -hmm. um what Mm -hmm. are you imagining for the vision for the second one or don't or if you don't want to let out of the bag because you're kind of on the hook uh so my math kind of got messed up because uh, I, I always have a tricky time landing on like exactly when I started parkour. Um, I'm pretty sure it was like the end of 2003. Um, so I kind of called this like my 20th year. My, my first jam was March, 2004. Um, and so I've actually been saving other clips uh, this year that, that I have allowed other people to film for me um, that, I, that I haven't posted. I've just kept uh, because I wanted it to be, I wanted to do like a 20 year video as well. <laughs> mm. Um, I intended to finish the other one sooner, but I wanted to do a 20 year video as well. And so, um, some of those are like similar sort of, I mean, that's, that's, that's my game is the, the more yeah, like classic line. <laughs> type stuff. But, um, uh, there's also like a handful of stuff in there. That's definitely not, that's, uh, that branches out a bit. Um, it's been, been a minute since i have tried to train flips uh i remember in the early days of parkour i would go to the gymnastics gym with uh with the friends and like i would just do like hundreds of front flips because i just wanted to get i just wanted to get like good enough like it was i had this weird mindset of like you don't branch out and try other flips until you have like one down (laughs) so it was just like front flip and um and then back flip and then side flip um but it's been like a minute since I've actually tried to like get better at any of them. Uh, when I opened origins, I was able to take at least like front flips and back flips outside and start putting them into lines and things. And that only lasted a season uh, because I, I suddenly got scared again. 
uh, flips have always been a struggle for me because I feel like they're um, they're not a bit as intuitive for me to progress as parkour is, and I can't make the same sort of incremental progressions as I feel like I can with parkour techniques. Like um, I don't know, even even heights. I always feel like with heights, I can just expose myself to more height and expose mm-hmm. myself to like taking bigger steps or bigger jumps at height and then eventually get around it. And it just becomes this very easy thing for me to not easy, but simple. So it's still hard, but it's a simple thing to program. Whereas flips sometimes like some people are just built better for them. I feel like, but uh, there's just this thing where like, you just got to slam thousands of times sometimes before like you land your first clean, (laughs) uh, first clean flip. And there's just always so much to work on with parkour that, you know, you end up, putting aside whatever doesn't come as, uh, as easily. And, um, yeah, flips never have, but I've, I've always just kind of tucked it away as something like, you know what, I can spend time here whenever. Um, I feel like, I feel like if I'm trying to do like bigger jumps, there's like a smaller window of time because I'm, I'm eventually going to tip off in, in power output, but like flips and other freestyle type moves, I feel like I can, I can age with those a little better. Um, this also could be like just an example of hubris that I'm eventually going to have a, a rude awakening to and not be able to make any progression. Uh, but, but yeah, rude I, awakening I think, I think if we're going to, ex- if, if we're going to expect anything out of me, I would say it's, it's might be more of that um, mm. in the future is just trying to be a bit more, a bit more playful, a bit more, um, a bit more loose. Um, and I think that was harder to do in the early days of parkour. I think, I think scenes and communities were a little meaner. Like when I started parkour, if if you tried something that was a little, like I'll see some stuff these days where someone like a Matt McCreary um, or a Kevin Franzen or Egg, and they'll be like messing around and trying, yeah. trying the some playful things. comes just, out. Yes. Now it's, that's it's like, so that's a thing. Accepted now. Yeah. It's so accepted. So like, even if you say that an Instagram post with like something that you're kind of playing with, just like a different, hand placement or grab or turn or spin. It's just so loved now. Whereas, whereas back in the day, I think you would, I I think it would just get hated on so much. And so, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not blaming that as the reason why I've never branched out. And I'm I'm just happy that um, uh, it's more accepted in parkour now that like experimentation uh, is just more accepted. So we've kind of, we've gone a long way here. Give me the, um, give me the, uh, tell me more about the gym. Like where's the gym online and you know, people want to find more about the gym. I don't want to get the domain name wrong. (laughs) Uh, com. And that's, there's two locations, but they're both in British Columbia. Yeah. Right. Yep. Um, -hmm. so I mean, if you're local, definitely, definitely hit us up. Um, otherwise I think if you're not local, you'll probably find more on like origins.pk. And we're really trying to, we've taken some breaks um, in like the frequency of of content we're putting out, but we're really trying to put out content that is um, on that, like more branded towards like worldwide. So Mm. not just touching on like promotion of like the the gym or gyms locally, but but like more worldwide. I don't know if I actually said it in the recording here, but Mm -hmm. STS, which is, Mm -hmm. I hate to call it a podcast because it's a video. It's way more than just what I call a podcast. (laughs) Um, There are, there are a couple of those. Uh-huh. There are a ton of those. Um, and I really think that people would do well if you, if like 
Renee is saying things and make you go, wait, tell me more. You can find different STS videos that will talk about these different aspects. This is not Renee's first rodeo with a microphone. Um, so where can they, where do you like them to go for finding STS? Is that off of, the, I know you can find it. Uh, YouTube gym, but, is great. Or, yeah. Origins Parkour, YouTube is great. I think that's where we're trying to grow. Um, if it's better for you to listen on to Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Yeah. That's, that works uh, too. Man. We were talking about pre-show. We were talking about spot podcasts a bit, and I'm probably going to hit you up about um, uh, upload situations and things. Delighted. I feel like Delighted to do anything I, I can like to you help. Don't know. I hate yeah, tech. when it comes to the tech audio a, upload. Yeah. What, I don't um, know what I'm doing. So <laughs> <laughs> don't say that on Mike. You don't, you know what you're doing. You're awesome. <laughs> we'll fix that later. Uh, and if people are going, tell us where we should be hovering when they want to see resilient. Um, I mean, I'm sure you'll drop like an IG or whatever, but like, where would you want them to go? Should they be on an email list? Should they be on the website? Where should they be? Uh, subscribe to origins parkour on YouTube Hit the bell. That'll, oh, that'll let you know. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. Uh, um, what else have we flown by that we want to touch on in our remaining minutes? Anything else in there? You're like, Ooh, we didn't even talk. We haven't talked about competition. We haven't talked about sport parkour league. We haven't talked about, um, Oh, there was another thing. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna be able to pull it up. I had another idea. We didn't talk about uh, anything else top of mind. Um, yeah, we're, we haven't announced yet, but, uh, SPL three will be happening. Uh, it'll be happening at origins of Vancouver again. That's always, uh, an interesting time. I always have to wear like two hats um, because it is officially <laughs> also on paper a separate business, and it's one that um, I don't actually make any money off of. Um, it's it's uh, it's purely an investment at this point. Um, but yeah, I'm always always finding wearing wearing two hats for that. So we get into competition prep, and I'm always thinking, uh, oh oh god, I have to make a bunch more challenges, or we have to de- we have to design courses and challenges and mm. do something new and different. And we're going to have a lot of the same athletes show up. And so I end up coming to this point where I have to make a decision usually for, all right, we're going to maybe build something new in the gym or change one of our, our temporary setups. And I need to do it in a way that's going to uh, be u- useful for the competition, but also useful for when we reopen for classes and things. Um, uh, particularly if it's a permanent structure, particularly if it's like I'm building something permanent, it has to be it has to be useful for that. Um, and it's definitely easier to do one or the other. It's 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 a challenge to do both. <laughs> at the same time. Integration is always hard. Cool. Um, all right, I guess I'm just watching our time tick by, but this doesn't have to be the only time we ever talk. I will just say, and of course, the final question: three words to describe your practice. Yeah. So first two aren't going to come as a surprise here. Uh, I'll go with focused. Uh, so again, th- th- you could interpret that as I'm very narrow-minded with my approach <laughs> to parkour. Um, second word is relentless, and I, I could I, that just uh, that's just a fancy way of me saying stubborn. Um, I recently learned uh, what is it uh, Solomon's paradox. I don't know if you've heard of this. Mm, I don't think so. Um, Hit me. So it's a, it's a biblical thing um, that I recently learned about. Uh, so Solomon, King Solomon uh, was supposed to be renowned for giving great advice, but his, his life was in shambles because he did not follow his own <laughs> advice. And a lot of times I feel like that's me with training is I'll have something even currently sitting right here. I have little pains and things and I'm going to 
being in the gym later and in the gym tomorrow, uh, training. <laughs> um, so, so I get, so relentless is kind of my fancy way of saying probably like stubborn and stupid, uh, <laughs> with, with some of my decisions that I make, uh, with training. Uh, and the last word, uh, is wonder, uh, which is maybe less expected. Um, but one of the things that I enjoy the most and I still enjoy today is uh, I've recently got back to taking the train for uh, commuting. Um, so I'll go from, I live closer to our main gym. And so I'll commute to our Port Moody studio and I'll go by train. And every time it is a pleasure for me because I just look out the window and I'm, I'm still 20 years in just looking at spots and looking at what if we go there. What if we try this? And I'll, it'll be the same day. Have we gone there yet? We haven't gone there yet. I'm going to have to make a note to go there for the summer. And just, just imagining possibilities with parkour. And I don't think that's ever going to stop for me. I think I'll be, you know, in my, if I, if I ever get into a car accident one day, that'll be why. Because I'll be just staring, staring at a spot <laughs> as I drive by and not react fast enough to uh, get back on the road and, and follow traffic. Well, Renate, those are, as I say, those are, those are good words. Uh, I don't think wonder, I didn't find that surprising, but I guess maybe people might know you better and think that's surprising. I'll buy wonder. Um, and I'm, I'm no, no prognosticating about car accidents. None of that. Um, it was, you know, honestly, a great pleasure to get a chance to talk. And I really appreciate you taking the time. You were really zippy about like, Hey, would you? Yes. Oh, here he's in my schedule already. So thank you so much for making my life so easy. Uh, and I hope you have a terrific rest of your day. Thanks, man. It was a pleasure.